Welcome to Tea with PILPG. I'm Paul Williams, the president and founder of the Public International Law and Policy Group, PILPG for short. Today, in our series of talks on professional excellence, we will be discussing how to enhance your professional image through social media while enjoying a cup of orange spice tea. Joining me today are Johannes, Michelle, and Will. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Thanks, Paul. I'm Johannes Munter, and I'm an extant here at BLBG. Um, I'm getting my degree at um, my law degree at the George Washington University Law School, and I've previously worked for the European Commission and the United Nations missions in, mission in South Sudan. Great. Michelle? Thank you. Hi, I'm Michelle Bruton. I am currently an intern at PILPG. I am currently studying international affairs and political science at the George Washington University, and I have experience interning at Purple Strategies and Public Citizen. Wow. Will? Hi, I'm Will Richmond, and I'm, getting, I'm a research associate at PILPG, and I'm getting my law degree from the Washington College of Law at American University and a master's degree there as well. I've passed experience working for the Department of Defense, um, working on strategic issues, as well as working on several senatorial campaigns. Okay, so there's a lot of amazing experience around the table. What we're going to spend the next 23-24 minutes doing are covering five major issues of social media and your professional presence. In just a second, we'll do a quick poll of each of you to rate how you think you are on the use of social media for uh, your professional portfolio. We'll then talk baby steps, you, social media, and your employer. We'll then ask, is there actually anything social about social media? And then we will discuss some very practical tips about how to use social media as a personal strategic communications platform. And then we'll end with a discussion of the myths and magic of having an online presence. Let's go ahead and start with the poll. Johannes, how would you rate yourself in terms of using social media for an online professional presence? That's a good question. I'm okay with Facebook. I, um, I think my LinkedIn profile is good. Uh, I'm not that familiar or confident with Twitter. Michelle? I think I'm generally proficient with Facebook. I know what to post and how to engage with the community. But I struggle when it comes to knowing exactly what I'm supposed to do with Twitter and LinkedIn, what to repost or retweet, I guess, in that case. Okay, so there's a little bit to work here with. Will? Well, while I wouldn't say I'm a guru quite yet, I've been working in the past six months to really try and professionalize my online presence. I've focused on using my LinkedIn to increase my professional network and publicize my resume. And I've used Twitter to live tweet events and engage in online dialogues with people who are knowledgeable about the field. On Facebook, I'm a little bit less certain of how to treat it and transition it from a purely social platform to a professional one. Um, so I'm eager for some tips on that. Okay. Well, it sounds like we have the, the normal amount of anxiety relating to using social media as a professional platform. But it sounds like we have a great opportunity to learn about some tactical approaches to how to utilize social media let me ask you this. Do any of you have a strategic plan for how you're using social media for your online professional presence? I'd like to have one on Twitter, but I don't really have one at the moment. Okay, let's go ahead and start and develop a strategic plan together, the four of us. The first step, which I like to call as a baby step, is you, social media, and your employer. What are any of you doing 
to enhance the strategic communications of PILPG or your previous employers? Well, when I'm on social media, I definitely try to like all of um, PILPG's posts, and I try to reshare the ones that are relevant to my interests. And along with that, I try to look for various organizations that are similar to PILPG so that I can update individuals in the office about upcoming events. What you're doing, Michelle, is one of the easiest and one of the most important steps as a young professional working for an organization. Companies spend tremendous amount of energy on their strategic communications, on their online presence, and there's nothing more valuable than having the young professionals at an organization repost, like, share, essentially augment the ability of that company to reach those potential clients, potential volunteers, potential employees. What are some of the other things, simple things, that you as young professionals can do to help your company and its social media platform? Well, I think that occasionally I try to post questions on social media and attempt to start a dialogue to generate content and um, begin a discussion about certain topics on Twitter. Um, you can use hashtags or tweet at someone for that particular purpose, but it can be difficult at times. The second most important thing to do as a young professional is to generate content for your company's strategic communications. And there's two ways of generating content. There's, as Will explained, generating your own ideas, your own questions, your own material that the company can then put out as a blog post or some other type of uh, commentary, a way of engaging in the intellectual debate. You can also generate a tremendous amount of content about the activities of the company that you're engaged in. As young professionals, you tend to be out of the office, around town, engaging in meetings, engaging in events, and quite frankly, most of social media is built around a picture and two or three sentences. And if you are able to generate that narrative or help contribute to the narrative of your company of being engaged in what's happening around town, around the globe, uh, and then as Will points out, sort of being engaged in the intellectual debate. There's also a third thing that you can do, and this is an opportunity as young professionals where you can add high value to any company or organization or firm or nonprofit that you work with, and that is act as a thought leader for your organization's strategic communications team. As we'll discuss in a little bit, senior professionals are very enthusiastic about social media and strategic communications, but they're not as nimble and as adept at using those uh, resources as young professionals are. They tend to get confused, or I tend to get confused, with Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram, but you all are very, very fluent and conversant with that social media. And if you're bringing the benefits, the leveraging potential of various social media platforms to the attention of senior professionals, the senior professionals will know what they want to accomplish. They'll just look into the toolbox and they won't recognize any of the tools. But as young professionals, you can chat with the senior professionals, find out what they want to accomplish, and then you all can reach into the toolbox and pull out the tool of Instagram or the tool of Twitter or the tool of Facebook and one, explain how it works, and then two, go ahead and figure out how you meld that with the strategic communications interests of your organization. Let's turn to the next section, which is my favorite question. Is there anything social about social media? 
Um, I'm not entirely convinced that there is. Uh, it seems to be more and more commercialized, monetized, and professionalized. And I have trouble seeing the social aspect of social media. Yes, there is nothing social about social media. The senior professionals, myself included, have simply ruined it for young professionals. We have taken out social from social media. Essentially, when social media came along, the senior professionals literally had a paper Rolodex, used these obsolete mechanisms called fax machines. And we saw this platform come along, which younglings, young professionals, were using in order to keep in touch socially. And we've essentially hijacked it. We figured out this was a great way to, if you're a corporation, if you're, if you're selling donuts or you're selling computers or you're selling something, you can, you can commercialize this platform to reach customers. If you're one of the platforms yourself, Facebook, Twitter, they started it as a social platform, but they've monetized it. You know, some of the wealthiest companies in the world are these social media platforms. Uh, they're commercial businesses and they're monetizing this, this platform. And as a consequence, the platform's been professionalized. And I would encourage you to embrace this. 20-somethings are the only individuals out there in the professional community that actually have any anxiety about the fact that there is no social in social media. So the senior professionals, as I mentioned, are so desperate for something like LinkedIn as a way of maintaining their Rolodex or something as Facebook with a way of keeping in touch with their Rolodex that they are very enthusiastic about using quote-unquote social media as a communications platform. And the younger generation, the teenagers and younger, are completely fluent in the use of social media to run all aspects of their lives and they have the parameters where they know it really isn't social. They know that everything they put on the internet will be there forever. They know that they'll be judged by their peers because in middle school and high school you are judged by your peers on what you put on the internet. So in that environment they're trained to be very cautious. So I like to say that the 20-somethings are in a donut hole. You're in between the senior professionals who completely embrace these media platforms as strategic communications and professional engagement platforms and the young professionals who don't draw a distinction between social and professional platforms and use them to regulate and to enhance all aspects of their life. So you need to shake loose any anxieties about losing out on the social in social media. So now that I've convinced you of that, how do we use social media as a personal strategic communication platform? What are some of the ideas that you all have I feel like social media is like my own personal brand. I feel that the things that I repost and tweet really speak to what I'm interested in and what I want employers and other individuals in our community to know. I also think that it's really important that uh, everything is uh, neat and well presented, especially on social media platforms such as Facebook. I feel like I sometimes struggle knowing what Profession, what's the line drawn between professional and social? So Michelle, you've got this notion that you can use social media to communicate your personal brand and you've identified a number of tactical approaches to doing that. Let's turn to Will and let's ask Will, who identified himself early on as probably the one who's most conversant with social media. Will, what is your personal brand and how do you precisely use social media 
to communicate that personal brand? Well, I've started to use social media as a way to present myself to my peers and the public at large as a young professional, as someone who can engage in serious conversation and add value um, in whatever it is that I decide to do. Uh, one example would be with LinkedIn. LinkedIn is something that I'm new to, but I've really embraced. Three things that I've done with my LinkedIn profile to try and increase my professional presence is I've attached a link to my LinkedIn profile in the signature line of my emails. That way everyone I converse with via email, whether it's a potential employer or mentor, has direct access to my resume and professional experience. I've also added a number of skills to my LinkedIn profile. I encourage my peers and coworkers to go in and endorse these so when people look at that, they see that I do have some experience that my resume claims to have. And furthermore, I use it to search out potential employers and connections in the fields that I'm interested in. However, I'm aware that there's a lot of other ways to use LinkedIn and I'm interested to learn about them. Johannes, do you engage in the online intellectual debate as a way of using social media to enhance your personal strategic communications platform? I try to when I can. Um, I normally try to engage with uh, people who are two or three levels above my level so, so as not to try to um, engage uh, with uh, people who are considerably above my level because that wouldn't necessarily lead to any interesting conversations. It wouldn't really um, it wouldn't really build my online presence or image. Um, so I try to engage with professionals who I may work with in the future or who are close to the level that I am. That's exactly right. The social media platforms are an amazing opportunity to engage in an intellectual debate. Most young professionals engage in the debate with their peers or those who are younger because they feel more comfortable and that's okay to a degree. But the impressive thing about social media is that you're able to engage with individuals that are two or three levels above. And look, we're being honest with one another. If you start tweeting at Brzezinski and, and Kissinger, um, I'm not entirely sure they're gonna tweet back at you. And so you might be wasting your time trying to have a conversation at that level. But mid-career professionals are very open to having these online conversations, debates, engagements with younger professionals and that's a way to gain attention, notoriety, and to essentially show your professional wares. You know, Will has outlined how you can essentially beef up your LinkedIn profile so that you've got the credibility, you've got your professional wares on display, and then, as Johannes has mentioned, you can engage in that online intellectual debate in order to demonstrate your skill set in action, so to speak. Michelle, do you attach your resume to every email that you send? And would you like to if you don't? I actually recently learned that I can attach my resume to my email once I started at PLPG. I learned that if you add an icon of LinkedIn at the bottom of your email, it's effectively attaching your resume. I get hundreds of emails, and I'm curious about the young professionals who are sending me these emails asking for an informational interview or some ideas or some connections. And it's quite ironic. If they were to literally attach their resume as a PDF, I would find that somewhat awkward and off-putting. But then I find myself oftentimes simply going onto LinkedIn to look them up. And I'm always impressed when a young professional 
has the LinkedIn icon in their signature line because I can read their email, their inquiry, and I can simply click on the icon at the end of their signature line and it takes me to their online resume which will have skills, which will have their connections, which will have pictures, and actually may even have an attached PDF of the resume to their LinkedIn profile. And it's a way for me to then evaluate the capacities and the talent of the young professionals who are reaching out to involve me in their network or to ask for an informational interview or to seek some type of, of professional guidance. There are ways to use these online platforms to essentially advertise the amazing skills and experience that you all have. And again, it's just something when I was a young professional, you literally had to print your resume, fill out an envelope, put a stamp on it, and mail it to someone, snail mail, if you wanted them to be aware of your capacities and your value add. Now you can literally send your resume to every single person you send an email, every single time you send an email in a very unobtrusive way. We have a few minutes left. Let's talk about the myths and the magic of having an online presence. What are some of the, the myths or barriers that you all have to having a dynamic online presence, essentially a personalized strategic communications platform resting on the existing social media tools? Well, at times I get something that some of us call posting anxiety. I'm worried about what I'll post will either generate a heated discussion to which I'll be compelled to respond to or that people simply won't like the content that I'm posting. So Will, how do you overcome your post anxiety? Um, I think part of it is just really jumping in with both feet and posting things regardless of um, the anxiety. And so trying to find, let's say, articles, for instance, that are academically oriented, that or objective and might not spark a heated response. Okay. What are some of the other myths that you all suffer from when it comes to social media? Well, sometimes I kind of feel like if I post something, it should make a original, new, novel contribution to the debate, and um, I, I don't exactly necessarily know how to praise that or what level of conversation to engage in. Um, so then I end up not posting anything. Now, when you have a conversation with your peers over coffee or over lunch, do you, do you still have that same anxiety about the need to say something cutting edge and novel? Not necessarily, no. And there is no real difference between an online intellectual debate and a coffee shop intellectual debate. It's not publishing an op-ed in the New York Times. It's sharing your thoughts, sharing your ideas, providing context, asking questions. You're engaging in the intellectual debate. You will, as time goes on, quite quickly learn how to shape and evolve that intellectual debate. But young professionals oftentimes believe that they should not be contributing to the debate unless they're shaping it and evolving it, and therefore they don't engage and therefore they never shape or evolve the debate. So simply begin by engaging in intellectual debate, resharing other op-eds or blog posts, providing some type of comment of association, either agreeing or disagreeing, and then begin to share your own ideas, and then begin to think about how to shape and evolve that debate. You basically wade in on the shallow end of the intellectual debate, 
but you're in the pool, you're in the river, you are engaging, and then you move forward from there. Michelle, what are some of the myths that you suffer from when it comes to using social media as a strategic communications platform for your personal brand? Well, I feel like I've been on um, social media platforms like Facebook for quite a while, and because of the length of time I've been on the platform, I feel like there are images or perhaps posts that I would not fully feel comfortable sharing with employers. And I would, I'm nervous that if an employer were to look on my Facebook, they might find pictures that they might not deem as the most professional. This is something which occurred in the first two years of the social media explosion, but has stuck in the anxiety pool of young professionals for this past decade. Yes, for the first couple of years that Facebook came out, employers were aghast that young professionals did things that those senior professionals did. Um, it went from beer bongs to beer pong, but basically it's the same type of pictures. Now, by and large, young professionals have cleaned up their Facebook pages, but if there is an occasional post that you have put on or someone else has put on, the employers don't really care. But they do look at your Facebook page, your Twitter, because they want to see, are you following them in a positive way? Who else are you following? Who's in your network? Who's endorsed your skills? And are you engaging the intellectual debate? Yes, you should have the anxiety that employers are looking at your social media to find out about you. But if you've embraced social media as a strategic communications platform and you're promoting your brand and your associations, that's a significant advantage that you have over other young professionals. And don't worry about the occasional picture. People become immune to seeing those pictures. We have time for one last myth. Is there something else that's kicking around in your head about social media that keeps you from fully transforming your social media presence into a strategic communications platform? Well, occasionally I um, used to worry that people would post things on my page or tag me in a photo. I'd begin to lose control of that professional brand that I'm working to create. Michelle, how do you fix Will's problem? How do you maintain control over your professional brand? I think it's really important to familiarize yourself with the settings in Facebook and definitely look at privacy settings and try to adjust them accordingly. Make sure that perhaps you have to approve every photo that gets posted on your timeline or maybe if a friend is posting something on your Facebook that you don't feel comfortable showing to the world, then you can also just politely decline that post. Well, those are excellent ideas and I think will go a long way to helping young professionals realize how you can both develop a strategy for transforming social media into a professional strategic communications platform and for ways of implementing that through some very precise and helpful tactics. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to know more about topics mentioned in today's discussion, such as personal branding and writing op-eds, search for Tea with PILPG on iTunes to listen to our other podcasts. You can also follow PILPG on its own strategic communications platform on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on our website, PILPG.org. If you have a tea or discussion suggestion, let us know on Twitter with hashtag tea with PILPG. Until next time, this is Tea with PILPG, brewing excellence 
around the world.